This is the Harvest Community Church Podcast with Pastor Michael Jones. And now let's join today's message, Already in Progress. I was getting ready to say stand and turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 1. But you can go ahead and remain seated, and you can see it up on the screen and open it up in your Bibles. Amen. We're going to read chapter 1 of 1 John in its entirety. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness, and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things which we write to you, that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. Father God, we ask that You would speak to us in Your word today. That Jesus Christ might be lifted up. And as he is lifted up, Father, help us to believe on him. And believing on him, help us to be saved. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Won't you say amen? Amen Amen and amen. amen. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you on the subject, how to have fellowship with God. How to have fellowship with God. For the last 18 months, we've been jarred with the pandemic. Uh, Suddenly, there was no church service. There was no in-person worship. There were no group gatherings. And there was a period of time where we did not have the same kind of spiritual support system that we normally had. Uh, It was real interesting. Reverend Ron and I had a discussion about three or four months in, and we started asking about specific church members. And there were some church members that we hadn't heard from. We had just seen some pretty out there posts on the Internet. And Reverend Ron coined the phrase, saints gone wild. And men and women, it was a true statement. Because many of us depend on this support system. 
Many of us depend on having gatherings where we get into the Word of God. But more importantly, we can also drift if there's not a crisis. Because we've learned spiritual language. And we've learned how to look like we got it all together with God. But John here is writing to a group of churches and a group of believers. He does not identify them, but many commentators believe that the same seven churches that he is writing to in the book of Revelation, he is addressing here. The Apostle John writes this letter. He actually writes the Gospel of John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John in your Bibles and the book of Revelation. These three books in the back of your Bible are the three books that I'm going to be preaching about. Today is 1 John, dealing with fellowship with God. Next Sunday is 2 John, dealing with fellowship or how you're to deal with people outside of the church. And then 3 John is how to deal with people inside the church. But these three letters at the back of your Bible are all about fellowship. And as I contemplated, as I prayed, as I got input from, from the men of our church and, and talked, the Lord kept saying, fellowship with me. Don't let them forget about fellowship with me. Don't let them get so preoccupied in what's going on out there that they forget about fellowship with me. Ground them in fellowship with me. If they don't have fellowship with me and don't know me, then that is the heart, that is the foundation of being saved. John chapter 17 says that they might know Him, and knowing Him is eternal life, knowing Jesus Christ. And men and women, I think we know a lot about church, and I think we know a lot about religious statements. But I'm looking for people who know and love Jesus. I'm looking for people who have a reputation with God. David was a man after God's own heart. Abraham was the friend of God. What are we? And men and women, we've got to get back to have a relationship with God. Because you can think you have a relationship and you actually don't. I'm not talking about being saved. Because in this passage, it's kind of this double meaning here. Yes, you can use some of the points about how an individual comes to know Jesus, but he's talking to people who, who should already know him. And so there is a difference between fellowship and on a relationship that is grounded where you are a child of God and actual ongoing fellowship or relationship or communication with God. And it is more than showing up at the right place at 11 a.m. on Sunday. There is a difference between being religious and actually having communication and fellowship, hearing from God and Him hearing from you. There is this friendship that God wants us to have. And if we miss it, we'll be merely religious. We'll be lost in religiosity and miss the relationship that Jesus offers for us. It's got to be fresh. Whenever I can't hear God's voice or I don't hear Him speaking to me through His Word, there is something wrong with my fellowship with Him. 
And John is so committed to this that he does not even give a greeting in this particular letter. He gets right into things. And let me show you what he says in verses 1 to 4. He says, the things which we've heard from the beginning, the things we've heard, the things we've seen with our eyes, the things we've looked upon and our hands have held concerning the word of life. He's saying that we had firsthand knowledge of Jesus and we walked with him. We heard him, we saw him, we touched him, and it says the things that we've seen and we bear witness, we declare to you that eternal life was with the Father and made manifest to us. That which we've seen and heard, we declare to you that you also might have fellowship with us. And our fellowship truly is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write to you that your joy may be made full. And men and women, I know that behind the smile on some of your faces, and sometimes my own, the joy is gone. The thrill is gone. It's gone. And I'm asking God, how do I get it back? And the Lord screams to me, fellowship. Fellowship. Men and women, this passage here in verses 1 through 4 almost parallels what John says in his gospel in chapter 1. When he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God in verse 1. And then he jumps down to verse 14 and says, and the Word became flesh, and he dwelt among us. As as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We saw Him. We beheld Him. He lived with us. And it was glorious. And our relationship with God, what makes us right with God, is Jesus. And this glory of God was made manifest in His flesh, and His name was Jesus. And, and, And the shocking thing for me is that there are many church people that know a lot about the Bible. They know a lot about church, but very little about Jesus. We talk principles, we talk how to do this, and how to do that, how to be happy, how to be joyous, how to be victorious, how to be all of those things, but never how to walk with God. And today, in a short period of time, I'm just going to give you three principles. Three principles in the text about walking with God. Three principles that you probably have not thought about in a long time. I know that I am under conviction as I preach. That I hadn't thought about these things, but if I want a true relationship with God, I've got to think about these three principles in the text. Three principles that talk about how to have fellowship with God and know that I have fellowship with God. Not just pretend, not just make believe, not just be under the illusion that we're right. It's kind of like when Miss Kim and I were first dating, although I called it dating. I, we had been gone out. I'd taken out on a couple of dates, and uh, nothing was said about the definition of our relationship. And uh, uh, I had got enough courage and bravery to, to say, Honey, um, you know, uh, we, we've been going out for a couple of months now uh, uh, since you're my girlfriend. And she said, Whoa. It was like she hit the brakes. You, you know that brake sound? <laughs> Girlfriend. And then she said the thing that nobody ever wants to hear. 
you know, we're just friends. <laughs> well, in our relationship with God, sometimes we can think that it's one thing. And God knows that it's something totally different. So these three principles will help us know that we're on the same page with God. Principle number one. We must recognize that God is holy. Look at verse 5. It says, This is the message which we have heard from Him and declared to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. One of my heroes in the faith, Dr. Crawford Loritz, says that in the original language there is a double negative here, but as you translate it, you can't put it in the double negative because in English, if you put something in the double negative, you English teachers know that if you make it double negative, it becomes positive. Two negatives become a positive. So you can't translate it that way, but in the Greek you can make it a double negative and it just puts an exclamation point on it. So the text really says that this is the message which we've heard from you and declare to you that God is light and in Him there is no no darkness at all. That God is holy. And I know in this pulpit, you hear a lot about God being just like us, that Jesus being a human being, and Jesus being a sympathize with all of our weaknesses, and Jesus being graceful, and He is, and Jesus being loving, and Jesus being kind, and, and Jesus getting into our stuff, and He is just like us. But when you talk about Him being holy, we forget the other side of Jesus and Dr. Loritz says this, and I agree 100%, that Jesus is nothing like us. He is light, and in him is no, no darkness at all. He's holy. And because he is holy, we can't come to him in a casual manner. Yeah, I got a relationship with God, but see, I do this, I do that, and I do this. No. You've been in sin. And let's call it sin. It's not a disease. It's not a sickness. It is sin. And you have done wrong in the sight of God. And men and women, we've got to get, get, we, we've got to get back to Him being holy. And holiness is more than a denomination. More than, holiness is more than a tagline. Holiness is the very nature of God where there is no spot, there is no blemish, there is no wrong in His character. He never thinks anything wrong. He never feels anything wrong. He never does anything wrong. He never says anything wrong. He is holy. He is set apart. He is in a class all of His own. Amen. You'll notice in the text that, that, that God is light pure light. There is no shadow. There is no dimming of it. It is pure. And for me, the best definitions, you just have to go to Scripture because you cannot describe in words how holy He is. You shouldn't even have to say in, in English how holy, but, but he's, you have to because 
He's even more holy than we think He is. He's even more set apart than we think. And so there are three Old Testament verses that I'd like you to see. Exodus chapter 15 verse 11 says, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness and fearful? That verse is taken right after the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea. And the, 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 the Egyptians are drowned in the Red Sea. And they see that he is glorious in his, in his holiness. What he's saying is, there is no other God who can do what you can do. And there is no other God who has the character that you have. And there is no other God who can be trusted like you. You are set apart holy. Not only that, but 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 2. It says, uh, uh, no one is holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you, nor is there any rock like our God. The context of that is Hannah. Hannah, who was barren and without child, and she begged God for a child, and God gave her Samuel, and she writes a praise hymn to praise God, and this is the very beginning of it. She says, there is no one like the Lord. There is no one holy like our God. There is no one set apart like Him. There is no one beside Him, and there is no other rock like our God. He's holy. But then in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3, Isaiah chapter 6, he sees the Lord high and lifted up, and he sees that the train of the Lord's robe fills the temple. He sees that he is God, and, and he sees these seraphim who are flying around the throne of God. They have six wings. Two of the wings cover their faces, two of the wings cover their feet, and with two of the wings they did fly. And then they began to sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And he could have, they could have sang holy one time. But commentators say that because we worship the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they cried, Holy! 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 Because you are three times separate from anything that is here on earth because you are holy. And without understanding God's holiness, there never there will never be this reverence that I've got to get to know God. Reverence to know that God is the one that has created this world. Reverence to know that God has created everything that I see. And reverence to know that God has created me. And He's created me with a purpose. And He says, Be holy, for I am holy. I don't know. I don't know. Only you and God know whether or not your relationship with God is based upon reverence and holiness. That you revere God. That you fear God. That you know God is God all by Himself. Amen or oh me. Point number two, not only that. But there's a sense in which we not only need to recognize God's holiness, but we need to recognize our sinfulness if we're to enjoy relationship, fellowship with Him. Number two, we must not walk in darkness. 
Look at your Bibles. I'll put them up on the screen in just a minute. But with regard to darkness, what the Apostle John does here is he not only says that, 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 that you shouldn't walk in darkness. He could have said it once in one verse. But there are three verses that indicate just the power of this point. Verse 6, verse 8, and verse 10. All of those verses start off with the phrase, if we say. If we say. Because there is a tendency for us as human beings to minimize our sinfulness. There's a tendency for us to, to, to rationalize our sinfulness. There's, there's a, a tendency for us to explain it away. I love that, 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 you, that viral YouTube video of the little Hispanic boy who is talking to his mother. I don't know if it's his mother or his stepmother, but in our household, if you ever called your mama by their first name, then it wouldn't be a video. It wouldn't be a video. It wouldn't be a video. He has obviously done something that he shouldn't do, and he, he just keeps explaining. Listen to me, Linda. Listen to me. No, no, no. You listen to me. You listen to me, Linda. We do God like that. Trying to explain away, rationalize away, and pretend like our sin doesn't exist. Let me tell you how gross our sin is. We sin in every single faculty. Our sin, even when we try not to sin, is sinful. Imagine, if you will, that you were standing here in front of the sanctuary in, in a white dress. Men, you'll have to, 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 to kind of use your imagination for that. But a wedding dress, so a woman here is a wedding dress, pure white. And as soon as she goes out that door, she walks into a coal mine. She doesn't touch anything. She doesn't trip and fall. But she walks through, all the way through, about a mile's distance. And you say, well, she tried her best not to get the dress dirty. She tried her best not to get it, uh, have a spot or, 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 or a blemish on the dress. There is no possible way that she can go unscathed. And what God is saying here through the Apostle John is that if you want to have a, uh, a, 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 a relationship and have fellowship with God, don't walk in darkness. Uh, my daughter was playing basketball and we were playing a team that, that would do a full court press and in a press they would trap you. Uh, we, we got the ball stolen about three or four times and my daughter comes over to the sideline and says, Daddy, how do you get out of a trap? I said, you don't. She said, well, they're just going to keep stealing the ball. How do you get out of a trap? I said, well, there is one way. And she says, well, what? Don't get in one. <laughs> Pass the ball before they trap you. What I'm saying is, God says, don't walk in darkness. Don't go there. Avoid the sin. Notice what he says, the three things. Verse 6, he says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and don't practice the truth. You'll notice that he says, if we say we have fellowship with him, we walk or have a lifestyle of living sinful, and we lie and we don't practice the truth. That is the result of that. We're a liar and we don't practice the truth. Look at verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth ain't in us. 
So number one, we lie and don't practice the truth. Number two, we deceive ourselves. You're deceived if you say that you don't have any sin and the truth isn't in you. Verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and the word is not in us. Men and women, there are repercussions to say that you don't have any sin. You don't have any fellowship with him. You walk in darkness. You don't practice the truth. You deceive yourself and and the truth isn't in you. You make him out to be a liar and the word isn't in you. Men and women, just admit that you have sin. Just admit, God, I need you. God, I need your grace in my life. God, I need you. I can't do it on my own. I keep making mistakes. I keep bumping my head. I keep keep falling into these hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Lord, I'm trapped. I need a deliverer. I'm held captive, and I can't find the key. Lord, help me out of this prison that in many cases I've created myself. And so the Word of God keeps telling us, You're sinful. Psalm 51 verse 5 says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Jeremiah 17 9 says, The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately wicked. Who can understand it? Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 20 says, Indeed, there is not a righteous man on earth who continually does good and who never sins. Admit your sin. That's point number three. First of all, we've got to recognize that God is holy. Number two, we must not walk in darkness. But number three, we must walk in the light as He Himself is in the light. We got to walk in the light, a lifestyle of saying, Lord, I am going to enter into your holiness. Lord, I want a friendship with you. Lord, I'm seeking after you. Lord, you're all I have. And because you're all I have and you've given yourself to me, evidently you're all I need. Men and women, we got to get to that point. It's found in verses 7 and verse 9. Verse 7. But if we walk in the light... As he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now that is verse 7, and that is verse 9. I think in, in, in a progressive, linear way. So in my thought, as I know about my relationship with God, and I know about my fellowship with God, actually, verse 9 goes before, in my experience, verse 7. Did you hear what I said? Did you understand what I said? If you understand what I said, say amen. Amen. If you want me to say it again, say amen. Amen. (laughs) Only a few. In my understanding of my fellowship with God, In my understanding about how God operates as I walk with Him and I find myself in sin. Actually, verse 9 about confession and experiencing cleansing comes before verse 7 that says, Okay, now you need to start walking in the light as He is in the light and have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us. 
Because in, in, in verse 9, there's a sense of confession of sin. But many people have had the experience where you've done something that you know that, that, that is wrong. Maybe somebody has caught you in it. And you're so embarrassed about being caught, and you're so contrite about what that thing is, that you confess that sin to the Lord. And, and, and you're really, really sincere about that confession. But two weeks later, the same person catches you in the same sin. Immediately, our human nature says, well, they never really were sincere. I beg to differ. I believe that they were sincere about their confession, but they never moved that confession to repentance. So being sorry about your sin is the start. Replacing that sin with a righteous behavior is the next move in the process. If you understand what I'm saying, say amen. amen. So you don't just stop eating sweets. You've got to replace it with vegetables. You don't stop, stop saying bad things. You replace it with saying encouraging words. So what John is saying here is to have a relationship with God. You need to walk in the light as he himself is in the light. And first of all, it is 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 where it says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That word confession means to agree with God about a certain matter. I agree with God. I acknowledge my sin to God. I admit my sin to God. I tell God, you know God, what I'm doing is wrong. You know God... I have broken your law. You know, God, I am just, you are justified to, to punish me for my sin. Lord, I know that what I'm, I need to change. But God, I can't do it without you. So I need you to help me to have a heart of repentance. I need you, if I'm going this way in my sin, I need you to help me turn around. That's right. And walk in the light. And the rest of 1 John, the book of 1 John is fellowship with God, walking in the light. Fellowship with God saying that, that love not the world nor the things that are in the world. The things in the world are evident. The, 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 the uh, lust of the flesh, the, the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life. He goes on in 1 John and talks about loving God. It's not that, that we first loved Him, but He first loved us and gave His Son as a propitiation for our sins. He goes on to say that the spirit of Antichrist is in the world that says that Jesus didn't come in the flesh. You see, what He does in the book of 1 John is He has these, these contrasts between what, what you experience when you have fellowship with God and what you experience when you don't. He contrasts truth and falsehood. He contrasts love and hatred. He contrasts love of the world and love of God. He contrasts Christ and the Antichrist. He contrasts being a child of God and being a child of the devil. He contrasts righteousness and sin and ultimately life and death. And I say, as Moses said in the Old Testament, choose life. Choose life. Men and women, the closer we get to God's holiness and understanding His holiness, 
the more we see our own sin. Paul put it this way, and it's not going to be up on your screen. Just put, make a mental note of it. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. It's a trustworthy statement, worthy of full acceptance, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. The closer you get to His holiness, the more you see your own sinfulness. And if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Years ago, I was at a women's retreat. We were closing the retreat with Holy Communion. There was a lady that was invited on the retreat. I, I never met her before. But on the first night of the retreat, there's a time where you can meet with clergy. She asked to meet with me. I say, sweetheart, what's, what's going on with you? She says, Pastor Mike, God doesn't love me. I said, what do you mean God doesn't love me? She said, I just know that God doesn't love me. I said, do you believe in the Word of God? Do you believe in the Bible? She said, yes, I believe in the Bible. So I started quoting every Bible verse about the love of God I could remember. I quoted to her John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. I quoted John 15 that says, Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. I quoted Romans 5.8 that says, But God demonstrates His own love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I quoted 1 John chapter 4, verse 10 that says, And this is love! Not that we first loved God, but that He first loved us and gave His Son as a propitiation for our sins. I said, do you believe in those verses? Yes, I believe in those verses, but God doesn't love me. I said, sweetheart, there's a disconnect here. These verses are about you. Are you a believer? She says, well, I think I am. I shared with her the gospel. We went through three days of talking about how much the, 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 the God the Father loves her. The second day, all day, about how much this God the Son loves her. The last day, about how much God the Holy Spirit loves her and wants to have a relationship with her. At the end of the retreat, during the time we should have Holy Communion, I didn't notice this, but she didn't come up for Communion. She didn't come up to, to express in a tangible way her fellowship with God based on what He has done for her on the cross. A couple of the servants that weekend said, Pastor Mike, this lady, and they said her name, didn't have Holy Communion, and we asked her why, and her answer was, God doesn't love me. I said, well, I'll go and talk to her. I went and talked to her. And she said, Pastor Mike, there's nothing that you could say that would make me believe that God loves me. I said, oh really? I said, do you believe that Jesus Christ came in the flesh and died on a cross for you, rose on the third day, and sits at the right hand of the throne of God? She made the mistake by saying yes. I said, you just said yes. And because you said yes, I know what's happening. 
you're being tormented by Antichrist. And the Antichrist says that Jesus didn't come in the flesh. That Jesus didn't pay the penalty for our sins. That Jesus didn't rise from the dead. That Jesus doesn't sit at the right hand of God. And I told her, I said, I want you by faith to pray the words that I pray. And I led her in a prayer and I told her, repeat those words after me. And she repeated. She said, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that he died on the cross. I believe that he rose from the dead. I believe that he sits at the right hand of the throne of God. I believe that he is in my life as Savior and Lord. I believe that he is victorious. I believe that he wants to have a relationship with me. I believe that he loves me. I believe that he is my child. I am his child. I believe that there is nothing that I dare I say nothing that can separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. I said amen. I asked her, now do you want to have Holy Communion? She said, yes sir. Let's go have the Lord's body. Let's go drink the Lord's blood because I'm a believer. I'm a believer and my relationship with God is not based on my feelings. It's not based on me being tormented by my sin. It's not based on that. It's based on the fact that God is holy. It's based on the fact that he doesn't want me to walk in darkness. And it's based on the fact that he wants me to walk in the light as he himself is in the light. And I can only walk in the light if I confess my sin. Do away with wrong belief. Do away with wrong behavior. Do away with wrong thinking. And begin walking with the God who created me and redeemed me by his blood. One of the things I think is lost in this pandemic is for preachers to begin preaching about personal revival. That no, you don't jump all of the steps to victory. You start off with confession, with repentance, with sackcloth and ashes. With crying out to a holy God, keep your hand on me. You keep your presence in me. You do what you want to do in my life. And men and women, when we do that, he will hear. He will answer. And we will experience the very presence of God. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. And seek my face. And turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin. And I'll heal their land. In Jesus name. Amen. Oh glory. Oh glory. Father God we thank you for your word today. We pray that you are glorified. Oh, Father, deliver me from the attacks of the enemy right now that said you, 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 you went too long. Deliver me from the attacks that say, uh, no, you, 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 Lord, your word comes back to you and it never comes back void. But it accomplishes the very purpose for which it was sent out. Lord, if there is one day here today that has said, you don't have to say it out loud. 
I've forgotten about God's holiness and today I was reminded. Just make it right with God right now. There might be one here today who's been walking in darkness. Nobody knows it but you, but you've been living a lifestyle of sin. You've been thinking thoughts that are separate from God. You, you actually feel like you can live independent from God. Confess that, make it right with God right now. It could be that there's one here today that says, I have confessed that I'm sincere, but I'm still trapped. I pray for that person right now that, that Jesus came to set the captives free, but he wants to replace your bad behavior with, your, with good behavior. He wants to replace your bad beliefs with his beliefs. He wants you to substitute something. He wants you to walk with him in the light. I pray that they would do that right now. Father, cover us. Cover us. Revive us. Refresh us. In Jesus' name. Won't you say amen? amen. Let us stand. Oh, glory. Oh, glory.